do you know that you can go to hell because you haven't done a good confession? How long has it been before your last confession? Mm. Um, I don't know, like not... Confession. Was it something made up by the Catholic Church to subject poor minds to the local priest? You need to be a little more specific. Do you want to learn how to do a good confession? You know, and then my mother, mother-in-law, oh my goodness, she's horrible. My sons, they don't do their homework. They're being disobedient. They misbehave. And my dog, you know, barking all the time. God doesn't task us with impossible things, but all he wants from us is a contrite and humble heart. What are exactly your sins? Well, come to think of it, none, Father. If you need help to do a better confession, this program is for you. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria, everyone. Welcome to another episode of uh, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. I have the immense joy to be here with Father Arthur. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Brother Justin. Salve Maria. And we are here today because we're very, very excited to share with everyone this program about confession. We had done an early one, right, Father? If we yes, um, exactly. Know about the things that objections people have and whatnot. But we were talking with Father Justin, with Father, about having this program that is to help people to make a better confession. Exactly. So today we are going to see five mistakes that are more typical about confession. Now this is interesting because we have Father Arthur. Father Arthur is on both sides of the confessional. Exactly. <laughs> we are. We tend to be on the only one side, and um, and that's it. But before we go into we delve into into, into the topic, we greet the audience. Radio Maria Canada, Catholic voice in your home. Also, to all those who listen to us in WhatsApp and also, of course, in the YouTube channel. Don't forget to put a like there, uh, the whole ceremonial there to, to share with other people and also, you know, make sure that we, if you haven't subscribed, to do so because that helps us a lot to share the program. And with uh, not uh, more uh, introductions, no, we can, no, basically, Father, What's the beauty of the of the confession, and how eventually, you know, as a confessor, right? Uh, you you when you see somebody coming, no, and it has good intentions, doesn't brighten your heart. It's, it is absolutely wonderful, and you're right. There are two beautiful aspects. Depends on which side of the confessor you are, but both are beautiful because for the confessor, when he feels that somebody is sincere and he wants to have forgiveness, you know, for his sins, etc., you know, it, there's there's a, nothing so moving for the um, for 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 the human side of his, of the of the confessor to see that somebody is repented and wants to be forgiven, and it you understand a little bit the sent uh, the feeling of Jesus Himself when He see somebody ask him forgiveness. He must be touched tremendously because he has a heart which is full of love. And on the other side, when you confess and you know everything goes fine and the priest tells you, you know, God has forgiven you, wow, you feel born again. But it's good to remember that um, Saint Teresa of Avila, you know, she said that uh, she had the impression that one of the greatest causes for people to go to hell is because they did a bad confession. So it is so important, not, so, not only to go to confession, but 
also to do a good confession, to know how it is, to know what you have to say, to know um, about the feelings that you have to have, and what is a sin, what is not a sin, etc. It's extremely important to be very honest in, in the confession. I think on the point of your of confession, the, the, there's two major problems that the uh, typical Catholic has today. Um, and this is, comes from one source, which is poor catechesis. One is that they have no idea, and I mean, and it sounds pretty strong, but they have no idea what the Ten Commandments are. Exactly. They have no concept. Poor catechization is no, They have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea. So they go to confession, it's sort of like a, a choose-your-own-adventure moment, because they walk in there and they, uh, Father, hi, hi, how are you? Yeah. Um, I did bad stuff. What did you do? Well, bad stuff. <laughs> and you're like, well, what bad stuff? Oh, bad stuff. Uh, what's bad stuff? No, I'm not really a bad person. You're like, oh, confused. Yeah. The problem is they don't, they have no idea about what is sin, what is not sin. They have none of those, those constructs that help them guide themselves. And the other one is an examination of conscience, which comes from the first step of knowledge of sin. When you have no knowledge of sin, you can't examine your conscience. So the idea of people say, no, they need to do an examination of conscience. If they have no concept of what sin is, what's the use? Okay, I'm going to give of you course. a formula for, uh, I don't know, for, for pi, right? And how, how, do we, how, how do we measure a circle. But you have no rudimentary concepts of uh, arithmetic. Exactly. My formula is useless for you. You have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's exactly the same problem. So, I think today we're going to hit more on the question of the catechesis side. Precisely. On formation, no? people need to be formed in order to go to confession, to know how you confess. Uh, and also to enjoy the beauty of the sacrament. I mean, this is no, yeah. given by God but, himself. You know, I, I would, to, I would to, even to go forgive. a little more banal in this sense, which is that if you play a sport and you enjoy the sport, part of the enjoyment of the sport is that you know the rules. Of course. Because that's what makes exactly. the, the sport interesting. Exactly. Um, if you do anything, if you enjoy writing, but if you don't have any concept of grammar, then you, you're not going to enjoy it because it, you have no way of putting those words into some type of flow. It goes in the same way. The grammar is the doctrine. Mm -hmm. no, no grammar, there's nothing. And, and I think in our today's show, we're going to be able to show this, this, this problem of a lack of grammar, lack of ability to properly enunciate what the problem is because the problems of the human soul are such that they're looking for a way to unburden themselves. Problem is they don't have the tools. That's right. So let's go to the first mistake and I think it's going to be even more clarified. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hello, Father. How are you? Well, thank you. Okay, Father, I, I, I wanted to confess some sins. Um, like to start off with... Um... Okay, I understand. But how long has it been before your last confession? Mm. Um, I don't know, like not... Does it... So here we go. Not telling uh, how long since the last confession. But Father, why is that? Well, because... Uh... The, uh, the, the best way to know how the person is, you know, um, prepared or if she really understands confession is if she really goes to confession. 
when somebody doesn't go to confession, it means that his uh, knowledge of sin and of the seriousness of sin, etc., and as forgiveness is uh, has weakened in his soul. So that that enables you to give a better advice. Of course, yeah. absolutely, it's extremely uh, uh, necessary to in order to be able to judge. Because you know, the, the priest among the four things that he is, he's a judge. So he needs he needs to know in front of whom he is. Who are you? Very very often, you know, the priest doesn't even know the the name or who the person is, etc. And actually, he doesn't want to know. He just wants to know how is the conscience of the person, not who is the person. And uh, in order to help that person to um, put his conscience in order, because we live today in a world in which the notion of good and evil is completely confused. Oof. Everything goes, you know, as everybody's free to do whatever he wants and to think whatever he wants, then if, if you are free of everything, then, then there is no rule, there is no sin, there is no nothing. And no? also how much confusion, no, because when you don't know what is up and down, right and left, uh, exactly. right and wrong, exactly. ugly or beautiful, what do we do? Well, then the purpose of confession loses its meaning because um, I, 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 I have more interaction with younger children who are, you know, just receiving their first communion, just receiving their first confession, still pretty young. And you can tell which parishes have a good prep. And you can tell a lot of them have a very poor prep. Sorry. And it comes from the fact that the ones who come from a, a parish that actually maybe invests in a good catechetical program, that they have the emphasis on confession. Because from the emphasis on confession, reception of Holy Communion makes sense. It isn't just the holy bread. Mm -hmm. if, it's, if there's no emphasis or no preparation for confession, then communion becomes just a thing that happens. It has no meaning. has no value. The concept in a child of good and evil Although the good and evil is minor, it's much smaller, but if it's, if it's helped and nurtured at a very young age, then later on, when they get a little bit older, they're able to have slots already. They know what's good and what's evil and what, what they should worry about, what they shouldn't worry about, what's a, what's a, and those types of situations. So that helps them. But that all comes from a preparation. Absolutely. And I think that the parents, you know, we know that lots of parents are, are, are watching us, you know, we need to remind them, look, uh, your responsibility it is to prepare your children for confession. They have to know that they have to go to confession frequently. How many people go for piano lessons? How many people deal yeah. with sports, sports like as sport, if it were a religion? And how many people spend inordinate amount of time and, and, money. and money and money and resources huh? and teaching how to go to confession, something so simple. Oh. And so essential, so because essential. it's directly linked to the eternal life of, the, of, of your child. Now, so that's the best inheritance that you can give to your child, is to teach him how to uh, do a good confession. Oh, that's beautiful. So we, they need to know that uh, there is a rule of the church that uh, you have to go at least once a year for, to confession. But this is, you know, the... the uh, the maximum time, you know, uh, yes, permitted. I mean, human beings can go 
without eating for 30 days. Uh, and that doesn't mean we're going to do it, right? Exactly. Or without drinking for seven days, but that doesn't mean we're going to no. So one year, yes, but... Uh, it's obvious that normally we need to, to go to confession more or less once a month. But also when there is a mortal sin, the person should go to confession right away. You don't need to, to wait. You have to go right away because uh, you don't want to be in bad relation with God. And the confession is the moment in which the person will reestablish his relation with his father. And the father will uh, take him again as his son, and he will be uh, treated as a, a, a son that uh, the father loves dearly. Yeah, there are so many parables there, no? the good shepherd, okay, the, precisely. Um, the prodigal son, the, prodigal son. the great parable. It's all about confession. No, that's really I'm crazy. going to go to my father and tell him, I had sinned against God and against you. No? So he's confessing now. <laughs> so let's go to mistake number two. So tell me your sins. Whew. Well, uh, Father, everything, uh, you know, first commandment to the 10th or the 12th, uh, everything, uh, all the capital sins, uh, pretty much uh, everything, uh, you know, I've, I've done it all. Hmm, I see. But you need to be a little more specific so I can give you um, a good uh, absolution. Uh, okay, okay. So I did uh, for sure the first commandment, uh, third and fourth. Uh, yeah, I think I did that. And uh, pretty much everything, Father. You, mm. know, I, 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 you know, I just yeah, I did it all. So here we go, Brother Justin was, was mentioning no, about the question of examination of conscience when we don't know uh, exactly what is sin and what is not, right? Uh, and also, yes, we can say oh, all the commandments, but Father, <laughs> how does it go? One has to say the amount, one has to be specific, and how does it help you as a confessor? Because that, that again, you know, it's unique. We can talk to, exactly. to someone that... <laughs> because there's nothing that touches the heart of Jesus the more than to see that he, the person is sincere. If you are not specific in what you have done, it means that you're not sincere, you're hiding from the confessor. Now, it is ridiculous to hide something in confession because you are confessing actually to our Lord Jesus Christ who knows everything about you. So even before you come in, in, in the confessional, our Lord Jesus Christ already knows all your sins. So how can you hide something? Now, if you think that you are, are uh, speaking only to the, to the priest, then maybe, yes, you can, you can uh, fool him, you can um, confuse him, because he doesn't know, the priest doesn't know. But the priest represents on one side the Lord Jesus Christ, and on, on the other side he represents the church, he represents humanity. And when we sin, we sin against, against the Lord Jesus Christ and against the church and humanity, against the order of the universe. So we have to ask forgiveness to somebody of humanity. And it is a priest. So you are going to tell the priest for him to know on behalf of the whole church that you have done something wrong and that you are repentant. But if you don't tell, how can the priest know? What's interesting about confession is that it has existed in one form or another since the beginning of the church. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, it's, it's not an invention, as the Protestants would say, it's a Romish invention. It's, it, it's talked about, um, inferred in John's letters. Mm -hmm. uh, it's spoken pretty clearly in St. James. St. James, very clearly. Um, Chapter 4. And then we end up with the um, 
pre and post Nicene writings talking about confession and what they do with confession. And one of the most comical elements is that um, St. Patrick brings confession to Ireland. But he perceives that the Irish are a little warlike. And what had happened was that at that time, the idea of confessing to a person mm -hmm. uh, was very underlined. So the person didn't confess individual. They confessed at mass. Exactly. All their you know sins. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine with a semi-barbaric Celtic people, I'm confessing that I stole Brother Gustavo's cow. The cow that he really liked. It's dead. And I'm really good. It's another barbarian. But he's sitting he's, 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 he's sitting behind me. Yeah, exactly. And when he leaves church, he's got to go to confession next mass because he killed me. So St. Patrick perceived this problem and he came up with a very wise solution, which was to make a box. And in this box, he put it near their, their chanceries or their, their monasteries that they had. And they pointed the penitent area was from the woods. And there was a little bell on the side. So a person who wanted to go to confession, they'd go into the box, they'd ring the bell, a priest would come from the other side, uh -huh. hear the confession. There was a, a series of woven cloths and everything, no seeing anybody. But there was a little spot. They're expected to bring some food for the monastery. So they'd bring a basket of food. And they'd hear the confession, they'd go back into the woods, and the priest mm -hmm. would go back his way. Neither side would see or hear. It would be muffled. They would hear each other. These confession boxes were brought with the Celtic um, priests, mm -hmm. St. Boniface and many others, mm -hmm. all over Northern Europe. Yeah. Southern Europe didn't have it until they encountered it when the Roman missionaries went north. So this is why it's so important. Confession is, was something basic to the church. It isn't an invention. No, not all. It, it's something which is very much the way in which the, the Europeans were converted was through this idea of the ability to ask God for forgiveness for their sins. And yeah, there you go, another three. No, tradition, magisterium, scripture, all of them are included in the, in the, in the confession. No? Yeah. And, and another element that's also important, which is that mm -hmm. if I confess, if I, I, I broke your glass and I'm sorry for breaking your cup. I go outside into outside on go top of the hill and I scream out to the great void. I'm sorry for breaking his cup. And I come back very content with myself. You still have a broken cup. Of course. Right. That aspect of forgiveness isn't really there. Because the great void isn't going to forgive anyone. But going back to this mistake, no? how ridiculous could be that we're going to say, oh, I broke something. Somewhere. But, but you, know, you know it's a glass, and you maybe exactly. three or four glasses, right? You don't care, but that means you're not sorry. Yep. So you have to be very specific in such a way that the priest will not need to ask you questions, because sometimes he has to ask you, as it's in, in the play, he has to ask you because uh, uh, what, what you're saying is it's not uh, concrete, it's not clear. And also you have to tell how many times you did it. And this is very important. Sometimes people don't tell how many times, you know, and then... Be careful because the validity of the confession is at stake. So uh, you have to, to, to be very sincere, very clear. And if you have a doubt about a confession that you did in the past that was not very clear, it, it should be forgiven, okay? But it is good that in the next confession you go and you mention it clearly. You say, Father, you know, a long time ago I confessed something not very clearly. I want to say that, that this, that, 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 and be extremely clear. And then, you know, you are 
peace. You, you are in your friendship again with God. So let's go to mistake number three. And uh, this one seems to be very interesting as well. So can you be more specific? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. So, you know, um, how do I put it? I, last week, my next door neighbor, you know, he's a bad person. He leaves the car parked uh, you know, in the wrong spot. Uh, he has parties all the time, all these rowdy parties, and he, you know, he doesn't respect anybody. He has issues with the police, uh, you know, and then there's my mother, mother-in-law, oh my goodness, she's horrible. The other day she burned the food, totally. Like, she doesn't even know what she's doing. And on top of that, then she served it all cold. Like, <laughs> you know, my son and my sons, they don't do their homework. You know, I'm busy at work all the time. They're being disobedient. They misbehave and, uh, you know, it just goes on. And my dog, you know, barking all the time and... Uh, I see, uh, but what are your sins? Uh, well, you know, I could say about my wife, she's also horrible, just like my mother-in-law. But, you know, I guess that's just between you and me. Mm. Okay. So, there we go. Confessing everybody else's faults, like they are going to diminish our own faults, right? Unfortunately, it's very common for confessors to complain that, especially when ladies, you know, uh, we, go to no, confession. No, 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 this is, this is just <laughs> generic, but... They, um, they will tell the, the priest, you know, all the sins of, the, of her husband. <laughs> but actually, uh, the... Um, the person has to confess his sins because the sin doesn't come from outside. It comes from inside. The sin comes from, from inside. Even if it's something bad going on outside, it will depend in your inside to consent or not. And there is where the sin is. It's not outside. So it's useless to, to, to start, you know, talking up uh, against the, the others. That, that absolution is going to be for you, right? Because if you say somebody else's sin, the husband. absolution doesn't, <laughs> but doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. Via satellite. <laughs> Some priests, they say, look, I, I was tempted to tell the, the, the person, you know, I want to forgive your husband now, but do you have any, anything <laughs> yourself? <laughs> It's a question of it's easier to examine the conscience or motives of your neighbor than it is yeah. to examine your own motive because it gets a little sensitive, a little, it's a little touchy, um, questioning yourself. But yeah, since you're always right and everyone else is always wrong, well, there you got it. But it, even if you look at the pettiness of, his, of the sins of the others, that's a sign of someone who's, who's very flighty, right? It's very petty. It's little things that annoy it's annoyances. It's not even real evils. It's his problem with the the rowdiness of his neighbor was that they parked in the wrong place. The 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 mother-in-law's fault was that she burnt food. Um, her her problem for like if you look at it, there it's that pettiness. But when a person is that petty, they are so sanguine in their attitudes that you wonder if they take anything serious. But at the root of this is that. By, by amplifying everybody else's faults, we somehow try to hide behind them? It is. Is that the that, exactly. idea? That, that's the logic behind it. Uh -huh. So if everybody sins, you know, then my sin is not so serious. Because uh, maybe others are sinning more than me, so I'm okay. Or they oblige me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not my fault. You know, it's the other one who parked the car, you know, in the wrong place. So I got upset and I, 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 sh I did he an insult. Broke his windows. You know, broke his windows. <laughs> broke his windows and burnt his house down. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, does that exactly cause an effect? Does that, does that work? No, it's not. But you're somehow saying it does. 
You're justified. You're justifying yourself with the sins of the others. So, Father, then what we should do, forget everyone else, avoid exactly. this mistake. No, forget everyone else and just go to our... Go to your sins and be sincere and, and straightforward. You know, This is the best thing. And the, the confessor will be touched. You know, and he will love you even more seeing that you are sincere. And he will want to forgive you even more. And it's beautiful because in that moment you, you will have the forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ who is present at every confession. When you go to a confession, uh, you are talking to our Lord Jesus Christ. So you will have his forgiveness and the forgiveness of the priest, the two together. So right now let's go to a, to a break and then we will come back with uh, mistake number four. And now things are getting really more more hands-on. If you're liking this program, there are ways to support it. And one of those is to acquire the latest book we have for children, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy. In this book, children can learn about Divine Mercy, children can learn about the life of St. Faustina, and you as a parent, maybe as an uncle, as an educator, can help them to discover this beautiful treasure. The book is available in versions in English, Spanish, and French. And you can order right away in the notes of the program. So order your copy today, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy. It comes in three languages and it's going to be a beautiful gift for your children, for somebody else's children, and even for yourself. So here we go back. Uh, so in the question of confession, and as you know, this program is dedicated specifically to help people to do a better confession. So yes. we already dealt with uh, the amount of time that we need to specify, you know, how long we have been in, since our last confession, avoiding confessing everybody else's sins, right? And also being very specific uh, and not too generic. But now let's go to another mistake that happens very much. So let's go to mistake number four. And uh, yesterday I had a, such a difficult day, Father. Uh, a friend of mine had his shop set on fire. Uh, my cousin's car got into a really bad accident. And, uh, and then in the end, uh, I, you know, I, I went to a bar and, you know, sad to say I got drunk. I see, but, well, the first two are not your fault, then... Uh... Well, yes, yes, Father, no, I, I first went to the bar and uh, I got drunk. Uh, and then I stole my cousin's car. <sighs> smashed it against my friend's shop uh, and that's when the shop was set on fire. Uh, the car had a tank full on top of everything and uh, you know after that I, I didn't know what to do so I just took off. I didn't even wait for the police and uh, then I heard the police coming and I was like should I go, should I say, and, you know it was just crazy and, and you know police ended up coming and finding me and now I need a lawyer and have to pay a fine. It's just... So here we go. Right, trying to hide the degree of gravity of our sins. And, well, I think the, the example of that is quite, you know, because we tend to alter the, the order of things and eventually it's, it's much more grave, you no? Know, because exactly. one thing is that somebody else had set, a, you know, set the shop afire, then there was a car accident. Uh, someone else stole the car. Someone else mm -hmm. stole the car, and I saw that, and uh, I got depressed and, well, you know, drank a little bit more. But no, it's actually all the way around. You know, the person drank, then stole, then set the shop afire, and then he had problems with police. So, yeah. how do I, we... I think he's a little optimistic still. I mean, our penitent is proving himself to be very sanguine in his attitudes, because mm -hmm. he thinks after he's done all that, he's only going to have a fine. 
I really hope he gets a good lawyer because I think he's going to jail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But but again, so in the in the matters of confession, then um, sincerity is is is, is fundamental. No? I it's remember that, that that example of Father Padre Pio, no? And Padre Pio would realize because he would mm. see people's souls. He would realize when the person was either hiding or trying to say something else and whatnot. And then uh, once I met someone who had met Padre, Padre Pio, and then he said that Padre Pio would go, a boy, no? And then? No? Exactly. <laughs> and then if the person was, was not telling, he would raise his hand, his, his voice even more. A boy? No? And then the third time, he would actually... Expel the person from the confession. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, he was known for that. Known yeah. for that, but it wasn't because he had bad temper. It was because he was completely aware of this uh, sacredness of the sacraments. He took the sacrament very seriously. Precisely mm -hmm. because if you do a, 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 a confession, you know, telling a story, actually you are committing a sacrilege. It's very serious. Huh? You're not saying the, the truth. You are committing a sacrilege because that that confession is not valid, and you are committing an extra sin because there, there was a catechism that had an image that had this boy entering the confessional with all his sins all smelly and what have you and then he leaves the confessional with all his sins with one new one on top exactly so that none of them are forgiven it's a zero sum it's not like you you got the other ones forgiven and you end up with one new one kind of like a compound interest situation like a mortgage no you you, you still leave with all your sins plus one more the devil is very uh, much uh, keen to make you feel ashamed at that moment, in the moment of the confession. So you try to tell a story to hide, you know, what you have done. But this is, um, this is completely wrong because um, you should have shame in the moment that you did the sin. But in the moment that, that, you, that you're going to confession, you have to be very honest and very, very straight. This is the best solution for you. And then what you're going to have? Forgiveness. There was a story of a demon that uh, was caught by St. Benedict at Subiaco. And he was, one, he was saying, what are you doing here? And he said something. And it, the same story more or less has popped up with other saints in which the devil just says, I'm an honest, I'm an honest angel. I'm returning to humans what I may have taken. I took the sense of shame when they were tempted to do evil. And now I return it before they go to confession. <laughs> yeah. Tremendous, right? Exactly. Terrible, terrible. But like, there's different images. Like the, the, the question here of his story, which is completely hilarious. Um, there was a story of a, of a man who goes, a peasant who goes to confession, and he just goes, Father, I stole the rope. And he goes, okay. And he was a little suspicious. <laughs> He lived in the town. He lived, okay, what was on the rope? What was the rope attached to? He goes, oh, it was attached to a bull. <laughs> and what was the bull doing? Oh, it was the head of a flock, of a herd, of wow. cows. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes, and uh, what else did you do? And what else did you do? Oh, there was a carriage with some horses attached to it. Uh-huh. And what did you do then? Oh, uh, I went with the herd. And what was in the carriage? Oh, yeah, there was uh, the fortune of the family that uh, <laughs> owned the farm. Safe. So at, at one point, I mean, it, it, don't forget, the whole confession began with a rope. What an expensive rope. No? One rope, but everything else came with it. But doesn't have to do then that we are not really repentant because... Uh, 
if we were we are repentant, we may may tend to say even more around what it is. Right? There's a conflict that is inside the, the soul of the person because on one side, of course, he was feeling that something very wrong had done, so he had to go to confession. But on the other side, he didn't want to tell, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> and I think maybe this this peasant, this farmer, he actually had a, a well-formed conscience because he also knew that he was going to have to return that, all, all exactly. of those things. Yeah. Because the only way to be forgiven for theft exactly. is by making restitution. Oh. So he wasn't interested in returning the bull and the cows and the fortune and the carriage and the horses and the rope. Maybe he found a way out not to return them. <laughs> This is very important to, to remind everyone that uh, when, let's say, when you steal something, you have to return what is stolen. If you cannot return it to the person, let's say that the person left or it's a situation that happened 20 years ago, etc. Yeah. Then, then you have to do something that will compensate. You got to give a gift to a poor person or to the church or something that will compensate the... Uh, the the evil that you have done against the, that other person. Let's go to mistake number five. And this one I think is more common and it helped tremendously many, many, many of our, of the people in the audience. Well, so yesterday, Father, I, uh, I had a very bad thought. It was a horrible thought. Um, it left me tormented, uh, depressed and uh, full of anguish. Um, it was too strong, like, And the thought was really bad? Uh, yes, yes, Father, very strong, and uh, left me shocked and depressed. I see. Uh, question, did you consent on that thought? No, 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 Father, I didn't, I didn't consent. I, um, I only felt it a bit, but did not consent. It was horrible, right? Oh, yes, yes, horrendous, horrendous. Mm. But you didn't consent? No, 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 I didn't consent, Father, not at all. Then don't worry. It's not a sin. So here we go, Father, full consent or not. And this is quite tricky. Eh? Sometimes all of us have that, that moment in which we are doubting and in which... Uh, so Absolutely. What to advise here? In this? For a mortal sin, you need to have three elements. You need to have a serious matter. I mean, that is something serious, something big, something that uh, goes directly against uh, one of the Ten Commandments. You have to have full knowledge of what you have done. And thirdly, you have to, and full knowledge that this is a mortal sin. And thirdly, you have to give your free and full consent. You have to, you have to, to, have to agree with this. For example, if something happens in, in a dream, Of course, you're not consenting, so you, you don't have. But sometimes it's a gray area. You don't know exactly, you know, uh, if you, you really gave consent or not. There's a gray area. So you confess because Jesus knows what is the degree of responsibility that you had on that sin. Hmm. That for you is not very clear at the moment, but he knows. He said, look, whatever was my responsibility, I ask forgiveness. Fine, perfect. I think with these situations, a lot of times people have the feeling element. I feel bad about yeah. a situation. Although you may feel bad about a situation, that doesn't make it a serious sin. Another story I usually use with my students, well, because they're all children. I say, okay, imagine you're playing baseball. So you're throwing the ball back and forth with your friend. 
So as you're getting more confident, you're throwing it harder. All of a sudden, the mother of your friend calls out to him. The ball's already out of your hand. He turns his head. He, he replies to his mother. The ball hits him in the temple. He falls down. He has an aneurysm. He dies. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to feel bad. It's a tragedy. Did an evil thing happen? Yeah, a person's dead. But was there any intention? There was zero intention. Zero it's intention. a tragedy, mm -hmm. right? The fact that the boy's dead doesn't make it sinful for you. There was no intention. Exactly. Both of you were playing a game which was innocent in itself. And then you go, well, the other thing starts with the other guy who was angry at someone. He hunted him down with a baseball bat, and he cracked him in the head and killed him. You may say that both stories, the, the end result is the same. The boy is dead. Precisely. But the intention is different, and of the course. means is different. Everything's different. And the feeling should not be what indicates the severity of the act. It's the what and the action and the, the, the intention that matters. And maybe if you throw a ball intentionally against a person in order to, to, to hit him on the head, but you miss his head, still it's a sin. <laughs> so well, the person is I not dead, but you committed a sin. I swung the bat looking yeah. for your head. I missed it. Exactly. And I got held back, but I had evil intentions. Precisely. So we forget the question of intention. And I, that's why you can't accidentally slip into, in, into mortal sin. It's not an accident. It's no. on purpose. So you cannot say, I oh, no, I didn't kill anyone, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to confess. No, 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 you have to confess. Your intention was evil, and that's already a sin in itself. I, 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 spread it, I, I, tried, to, I tried to spread calumny about a person, but it didn't catch. It didn't go anywhere. But what was your intention? Your intention was evil. It uh, has already happened. It's done. And that's where I think that's a real problem we have in, in catechesis, which is the personal responsibility. You know, personal agency is so important. Free will issues are so important because we have this point where it's just what actually happened. What is the actual event? And then we have people saying, I, I, I feel good. I feel good today. They go into church. They go into church and I feel good. So I go to communion. And then the next day, it's, I don't feel good. I don't go to communion. And then the next day, I feel good. It's all on feelings. Yes. But there is no objective reality, even for themselves. So at the end, nothing has value. Nothing is worth anything. There is no good. There is no evil. It's just, it's just vanilla. It's sad. Calumny is something very common, much more common than, than one would think. And it's much more dangerous, for example, to, uh, to throw a bullet, let's say. Mm to shoot a, a bullet against that person, because a bullet will kill one person. But a calumny can affect, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. And you are responsible for all the consequences that this calumny uh, will have from now to the end of, the, of, of times. Hmm? And for several, it will affect generations, if you, well, it could be easily. Oh. Calumnies. And what's really, and I'm going to say this, this is more serious, is when you spread calumnies against an individual, that is very serious. But when you make spread calumnies against an institution, incrementally it's far more serious. Of course, of course. And if this institution is something dedicated to the work of God, it's incrementally more, it, it's, exactly. it's, it enters into the realm of, of sacrilege. Mm -hmm. 
And that is, Terrible. and the only problem is, is that although you can't go to confession, you can't. Uh, it's very hard to get it absolved because you have to make restitution. How do you make oh. restitution? Well, you buy billboards yeah. <laughs> and put it up. Saying, I was a liar. I, I spread a story. It's not true. And people don't believe it in any way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But Father, going back to a little bit of the moment of, of temptations when the person is not sure and it's not about the full consent. Once I remember our founder, Monsignor Zunclac, he was commenting how there was a confessor and he, he, he advised him this, that every time that one is tempted, one should pray to our lady. And the reason is that when, in the moment of temptation, no, uh, actually this confessor would do that, no, would ask the person, okay, but in that moment that you, you are not sure, did you pray to our lady? And if the person had prayed to Our Lady, the confessor would say, "Then you didn't sin, Wonderful. because if you had, if you asked Our Lady, Our of Lady course, of course. doesn't doesn't let you fall. Exactly. Uh, but if we don't pray to her, then exactly. <laughs> we cannot have that. Assurance. Because she is the best succor. She is the best help that we can have in the moment of temptation. She is the one who is going to help each one of us, you know, to avoid sin. And if we sin, she will help us to go and do a good confession. Well, that's beautiful. So before we, we conclude and we recap all these, these, these topics of today, let's go there to, to, to the confessional. And I think we have some, some more nice elements to, to keep in mind. Well, so let's recap. What are exactly your sins? Well, come to think of it, none, Father. I, really, I think I just really came to chat, I guess. You know, see, I feel better already. So you don't have any sins at all? No, no. no. Not really, Father. See, I don't kill. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I'm a pretty good guy, now that I look at it. Really appreciate it, Father. Thank you. Let's see. Have you ever heard about an examination of conscience? Mm, no, Father, not really. Um, you know, as you know, I'm a musician. Uh, by the way, have I ever showed you the music that I compose? Yes, rather, I think you should keep busy. <laughs> Do something else, maybe. Well, that, that's the issue, Father. Uh, Father, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rather hesitant, you know, I'm always undecided. I'm unsure about myself. Sometimes I hate the music I compose. Well, that actually makes sense. Uh, no, please don't get me wrong. Uh, you could do painting uh, instead, but I think you really need a good examination of conscience. Uh, I can help you with that. Okay, I guess. So there we go, Father. We need a good examination of conscience. No, yeah, that's very, very important. Absolutely. Among the, the six things that you have to do to, uh, for a good confession, number one is to do a good examination of conscience. You need to, uh, to try to remember and to see uh, what you have done wrong in order to be forgiven. So for this, there are many examinations of conscience. You can go in many places, uh, uh, very often the diocese, they, they have one for the diocese or at the parish you can find one, etc. And of course, you you have to check your conscience because this is something that God has given us in order for us to detect what is wrong. The conscience will tell us, unless the conscience is, is weak and sick, but a good conscience will tell the person what was wrong. And then you have the Ten Commandments that will help you, you know, to uh, to um, to realize w what could have gone wrong. So once you have done this, then you go to to the confessional. And, and then let's recap there exactly. We mm -hmm. arrived to the confessional. First thing. First thing. 
We have to to tell the priest that uh, we have uh, we are sorry for our sins, and uh, it has been so long since my last confession. So you, you're going to say, how long has it been since your last confession? This helps you also. It's part of your examination of, of conscience to remember when was your last confession. Well done, and maybe examine the um, the, the conscience to see if maybe in the past. You did uh, a confession not well done, and this has to be repaired. This is very, very serious and very important. Then, then you tell, you know, you sinned. Maybe the priest will ask you one or two questions. You answer, etc. Have to be extremely honest and to be sincere and say everything with with the necessary details for the priest to understand the sin, but not extreme details because it's uh, this is not you know a, a kind of a, uh, a series of a television series I'm going to tell some of the things that have been done etc et you, you have to to be very very uh, um, very uh, short that, that uh, quick and then the um, uh, the priest will give you an advice because the priest is a teacher also and then he will tell you how to cure uh, your your soul, because every sin that we have committed is an effect of a cause. Where is the cause? The cause is in your heart. So you have to fix the cause. You're confessing the effects, but you have to fi fix the cause, and the priest will help you to fix the cause. And then he will give you a penance for you to offer as a reparation for everything that you have done. And actually, it's nothing compared to the seriousness of having offended God, the church, our neighbors, uh, and the order of the universe. And then the priest will give you the absolution. Before the absolution, you, you will have to say your act of contrition. This is very important. It's not, I confess, da, da, da. you have already confessed. Now you're going to do the act of contrition. And you have to have an act of contrition with you. There are many different uh, formulas. They don't need to be too long, etc. But it's a, it's a little uh, prayer, let's say, that you say, asking uh, to be sorry and telling that you are sorry for what you have done and that you don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And asking the Blessed Virgin Mary to help you not to do this anymore. And finally, the priest will give you the absolution. And he will give you the, the blessing uh, in for for you to uh, to go with, with that wonderful feeling that you have you have been forgiven by God, you know, that you are at peace with God, etc. So then you will leave and you will say your penance, and then you're fine. Father, just uh, just uh, something to clarify: confessions cannot happen neither over the phone nor on Zoom. No, it has no to way. be in person. in person. Person, absolutely, absolutely. Nor by internet. People who try to confess no. their sins by uh, email or by instant message. The priest has to be 100% sure who is the person. And the priest um, uh, has the seal of confession. The priest is uh, committed to uh, not, not to repeat to anyone, not even to the Pope or not even any authority, nobody, what the penitent has confessed. This is complete secret and it will never be revealed well father maybe with this we can give, arrive to the conclusion of the program today and will you give us your blessing or 
Yes. And advice. <laughs> and an encouragement, you know, to go to confession and to do a good confession as soon as possible. This is the best gift that you can give to yourself. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Father, no, not really, Father. Um, as you know, uh, I'm a musician. And uh, by the way, did I ever show you the music that I compose? Yes, rather, I think you should keep busy. Do, do something else.